Hello and welcome to Treks. I'm Tim. Hello, Harry. And you're yawning. <laughs> Immediate great start to the episode. <laughs> it shows how much he cares, listeners. I'm just it shows. hard today. Have you? Yeah. Running away from ex-girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> it's tiring work. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> We're on episode 23. Yes. And this episode is an interesting one because it was recorded absolutely ages ago. Um, for regular listeners, you will know that we did a special episode when the Maccabees had just broken up. Uh, that day was meant to be the day that this episode came out. And that day was August the 9th. So there's two things to look out for. Or well, not. Ignore. But you're here. One... Uh, the fact that we'll probably say this is episode 21 at some point in there. It's not. It's 23. <laughs> and also, the entire premise of the episode was set up around it coming out on August the 8th. It doesn't. It's coming out today. So, um, thank you for downloading. And enjoy. Yeah. See you on the other side of this flipper. <laughs> Shall we begin? So tell me, Harry, have you got a uh, musical like highlight thing of like this week? I suppose. You know what? I do. Do you? Do you? <laughs> I have um, one. Yeah, I do. Um. So today, after work, half five comes along. Love it. Beautiful moment. Have a, have a little walk home. I go through what did happen first. Click to playlist. Indie anthem, or not, not indie anthems, like indie playlist. I thought, okay, yeah, this, this will be maybe some new stuff or whatever. Lovely. Coming out of my cage and I was doing just... Oh, skip that. Oh, yeah, the kids were... Bad. I was like, oh, my God, go away from me. Go away from me where I am standing. Just disappear from my face. <laughs> <laughs> so I got angry for a bit because I just thought, all these bloody indie playlists, who makes them? And who just goes, oh, yeah. This, Algorithms, this I think. Algorithms, yeah. Fucking algorithms and pieces of shit. Robots don't have any taste. I then clicked another one, had a little little fun time with <laughs> had a little fun time <laughs> with somebody <laughs> I don't know what I'm going on from this. I listened to somebody who is your highlight and I thought, well this is really cool. Um I didn't want to say their name and I was trying to skirt around it. Oh, okay. But my highlight of this week, eventually I've got there, is Obi-Wan. Kenobi? The very man. The man himself. Obi-Wan by Jaguar Ma. Oh. Um, Do you notice I made a Star Wars joke there? Yeah, I know. I nearly said Star Somebody Trek, so that shows <laughs> yeah. how bad I am at this. I made a Star, star joke. Thing. <laughs> star One. So, are you a fan of Jaguar Ma? I am. I am, Harry. I mean, oh. not... As much as some people I know, I must say. Well, I'm not. I didn't massive. Well, I, I enjoyed the first album a lot, but I didn't massively get into it. Like, there were some songs I really loved on it, but they're one of these bands who I think I would quite like and just haven't really yeah delved into. Um, but this new song, Obi One, it reminded me of kind of when when indie music went dance. So it's it. Some no, of it's a, a little bit, like bit Kasabian, like when they when they have these quite dancey things. Um, 
I almost just want to play it straight away. Do you think it's a bit like their previous stuff? I mean, because I hadn't heard this song before. Walking home, it started, and I knew it was them within the first yeah. four or five seconds. I, I think they've they've got a very um, distinctive sound. Mm. They're a bit, um, yeah, like you say, there there is a kind of dancey thing, and they remind me a little bit of Jungle. Yeah, I think they came out around the same time as Jungle, and I was more. But I thought they I were going to be into Jungle. I think when I first heard the band. Or heard of them, people talking about them. I thought they were going to be a bit growlers esque, a bit like psych. Yeah, they're not really that. They're not at all. No. Um, but I don't know why I actually had that. Well, because Jack got really into them, didn't he? Quite quickly. Yeah, your, I think it was because of the kind of people that suddenly, when Jack was liking a certain style of music, yeah, and people around him were as well. And then I think he liked Jaguar Mar. I just assumed that it was going to be the same as that. Um, and then I heard them on FIFA. I think they're on there last year. They're textbook the year FIFA. Before. They're absolute yeah. textbook I mean, this FIFA. song is so FIFA. They're FIFA by numbers, these guys. It's so FIFA. <laughs> FIFA by numbers, yeah. Um, uh, Favourites, if you want to go back and listen to the last album, Come Save Me was my favourite song of that That track. was the FIFA song, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not sure if Come Save Me is the one on FIFA, but I remember when I first heard that, it sounded like an old, like, doo-wop kind of Yeah, it has got a bit of that um, feel to it. I always liked Man I Need That. That was my particular favourite. Man I Need That. Man I Need. Man I Need. That was my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I know that song. Yeah, you do. I, I mean, I probably do. to a couple of songs and they are I think they do have a psyche element to them yeah and I think they've got a kind of I suppose the in inverted commas uh, the poppier end of like what Jack's into like Hmm. they're kind of like Foles My Number meets Jungle yeah is what I would say so Django Django yeah Tame Impala that kind of thing so I can certainly see where there were things that someone with Jack's kind of psychedelic music taste mm. um, sort of latches onto it. But yeah, it's a, it is an interesting one because it is a bit out of character, I suppose. Yeah. But I think they're a good band. I, yeah. I like them. We all wanted to see them at Glastonbury, didn't we? But yeah. couldn't. Something I think there was Clash or, came up. or it was Far. I have a feeling it was just yeah. Far. I think it was in the middle of two different things yeah. and we just couldn't be asked. <laughs> we were stuck <laughs> in the mud, literally. <laughs> Um, so, the new single, July 2016 release. Let's give it a whirl. Ob One.
I love your little song. Yeah, I'm sure that's not true. It's not true, but it yeah. sounds good on the ears. I don't think it does. I think it sounds like <laughs> false information. <laughs> Slander! <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, good tune. Good tune. Good, good for when you're walking home from yeah. work. Gets you pumped. Absolutely. So, we've got mine out of the way. What are you going to throw my way? I'm going to throw your way an album which is actually a couple of weeks old and I've only just got round to listen, listening to it this week. Yeah. Um, which is someone I know for a fact we both like, Michael Kiwanuka. Kiwanuka. He's got a new album out called Love and Hate. It came out on the 15th of July, so yeah, I'm a couple of weeks late on this one. Mm. But one of the... Um, things that spurred me on to give it a listen a full listen the whole way through which has been meaning to do anyway is that it made it onto the mercury prize shortlist this week yeah. which is exciting i think it's you know two albums i think it's 100 percent record making it onto the shortlist for for good old mike yeah which impressive he's doing well quite um, a while ago the first one wasn't it 2012 i think yeah so yeah three or four years yeah but he's come back with something I think is very, very, very good. Um, it's different. Yeah. And we, as we've mentioned on here before, um, but people might have missed, we saw him at Great Escape. We mm. saw him in a church at Great Escape. And it was easily one of the highlights of the entire festival. Yeah. He's really, really talented. He's got an amazing, soulful voice. Yeah. Um, and then I saw him on Sunday Brunch this Sunday as well, and he was really good on that. So, Everyone's good on Sunday Brunch. You can't knock a bit of Sunday brunch. <laughs> I I quit work once just because I really wanted to watch Sunday brunch. They wanted me in on Sunday. Really? Then you were just like, oh, Tim and Simon need me. Yeah, I needed to see what they were going to cook that day. Would you ever go on holiday and Waffles. send in a video? Cheers, Tim. <laughs> Cheers, Simon. <laughs> I want to send them a really badly made um, falafel or something that they, yeah. they're like, oh, try and, try and, here's what uh, the watchers. Yeah. Our viewers have been making, just show them some. I feel like you wouldn't crap. make the cut. I would definitely make the cut. Have you seen my food? Oh, no, but so if you purposely made some bad falafel, they're not going to put it on the telly, are they? Can you make falafel look that bad? Uh, well, insert here uh, that <laughs> Gordon Ramsay video I sent you yesterday. <laughs> what did he say? They like, was that what falafel? That was that falafel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like uh, cow's bollocks or <laughs> camel's bollocks. <laughs> camel's bollocks. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I was a real big fan when the first album came out. This was back in the day when I was really into acoustic music. Yeah, and um, I loved the whole thing. But it was one of these things where at the time I was trying to learn the whole thing, and it's actually quite complex. His uh, his kind of riffs and his um, finger finger picking style and that it's it's actually quite difficult to play. Yep. Even now, uh, I'm a higher level than I was back then, and. It's it's still pretty tricky. So yeah. I mean, the man really can write some good music. Yeah, and he does. He there's real anthems in this new album, though. Yeah, completely. The funny thing about him is like uh, to know that he's playing technically difficult music. Mm. He is uh, a sea of tranquility on stage. He just looks completely unfazed by everything. Well, do you remember when his feet were in the same position? Yeah. You do you remember it? Yeah, because we his joked feet that were his, planted. We joked that someone had glued his shoes to the floor. <laughs> yeah. Because normally people like bob around a bit, and his body was bobbing a bit. But Everything feet... was going, but his feet were perfectly still, <laughs> and like 
just not he wasn't moving his, yeah. his knees were just bending up and down do you remember those things people might have had them they're like a little man or a little donkey or dog or something and it oh, would yeah, have like, it would be a bit of wood and you push the bottom and it was like, it's like its all, knees would bend. it's all held together by a string <laughs> that's kind of Kuanuka it's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> just bending yeah that's his dancing style oh they should make some Michael Kuanuka that's excellent dance. merch yeah. I mean, go back to one of our very first episodes. The Michael Kiwanuka floppy man is a <laughs> great find out what they're called. Yeah. Weird wooden falling man. I thing. know, what would you even Google to find that? Weird wooden falling <laughs> bendy thing. I don't know. <laughs> um, By the way, we've patented that idea. Yeah. Anyway, although if anyone out there wants to make one and send it to us we will gratefully receive that that yeah. sounds fun and we'll pass it on to the man himself that we do know personally of course we do just like every musician <laughs> Michael come in <laughs> oh he's stuck outside he can't walk in so is there a um, specific song that you're going to choose for this or um, that you wanted to showcase there is and it is the title track from the album Really Love good. and Hate, which I believe is the latest single, although if I'm wrong on that one, um It was in the newest release a uh, newest release section, so I believe it is. Yeah. Uh but it's a great track from a great album. And I it's a difficult one because there's quite a lot of things on this year's Mercury shortlist that I'm excited by, but I think I might be um I might be hoping for a, a big Mike win. Yeah. I think he might be my boy this year. Sadly, I don't think he will, but I'm hoping for it. Is that is that your pick? What is that? Who you would like to win? That's who I would like to win. Yes. Yeah. Or, but there's Bowie up there. There's yeah, David will win probably just because yeah, because he's Bowie. Mm. Yeah. Well, Laura and Vula, I understand. I haven't listened to her album yet, but I understand she's got a really good shout. And Radiohead. Radiohead is a very very good album so there's some big yeah, ones yeah it's tough and Savages I loved as well I loved their album yeah so yeah maybe maybe he won't but come on Big Mike this is Love and Hate Standing up Calling all the people here to see the show Calling for my demons not to let I need something, give me something wonderful I believe she won't take me somewhere I'm not supposed to be You can't steal the things that God has given me yeah, was, I think uh, listening to it again just now probably the most memorable moment of the set that we saw him play mm. for me or I'm a black man in a white world was pretty big yeah that was good for me the biggest moments were when he played his old yeah he played two from his first album and yeah. you know love that stuff yeah but, but all yeah. round very talented and a great album so go and check mm. it out so that brings uh, part one to a close yeah what a part Beautiful. Part two has got a lot to live up to, and you'll be able to hear it on the other side of this little musical interlude.
August the 9th, or at least release day of this episode is. You could be listening to this in the future. That could be happening. Please like contact us if it's 2027 and you just listen to this. I don't know where you'll find us, because presumably... A big star somewhere. I'll be dead. Yeah, I think we'll probably both be dead. <laughs> Years of unemployment and homelessness will have... the wrong person with something stupid and I've died. That does sound like something you'd do. Yeah. You'd like... Even if you knew you were off to like meet a drug lord, you'd still just make a stupid joke <laughs> and just end up killed. Yeah. Um, the shout out's 2027, going to meet a drug lord. Nothing's <laughs> wrong with me. Um, but August the 9th, 2016, is also the 30-year anniversary of the last time Queen with Freddie Mercury ever played. The proper Queen. Mm. I know they still tour now, but it's yeah. not the same. Um, it was the end of their Magic European tour. They played at Nebworth with over 120,000 fans in attendance. And yeah, it turned out to be the last time they would ever play. Where did they play for Nebworth. that capacity? It's like an outdoor place, isn't it? That's, I mean, that's um, Barcelona Stadium. Yeah, absolutely vast. Um, so it's quite a way to go out. And obviously sad. Sad mm. things uh, followed, which we won't go into too much because everyone knows. Um, but it got us to thinking, are there acts that you either definitely will never see or probably will never see, mm. but you would really, really love to? You know? And not just bands you haven't seen yet, <laughs> which is what I was thinking. Yeah, that is, that is where you went. It's like, oh, the strokes! <laughs> I don't know if I would see them, and you, I hope you, I there's a probably a good chance you'll see the Strokes. There is a good chance, and I hope there's. It's it not happens. like the Beatles or Jimi Hendrix, who I mean, it's definitely impossible to see them. Yeah, spoiler alert: we're it's... not actually going to hit on either of those two bands, no. um, or a few other legendary choices. We know they exist. Of course, we want to see the Beatles. Of course, of course, Jimi see... Hendrix would be one of my first people, but yeah. but yeah. we're going to be more a bit more inventive than that. I feel like everyone has been asked, who do you want to see, dead or alive? Or kind of musicians that... like. I think most people will have answered this before in their own head at some point. I kind of do, yeah. I hadn't until today, I don't think. Really? Oh, obviously there's bands that you, you know, like the Smiths. I mean, again, I'm not going to talk about the Smiths, but it goes without saying. The Smiths were pretty great, though. Yeah, I think I did see the Smiths, really. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, things like that go without saying. And maybe mm. I will still see the Smiths. I still... Hold a little. I mean, not not the full lineup because that's just not going to happen. But maybe if we get Morrissey and Johnny Marr back together for a one-off, that would be. That's what we. What you matters. need, yeah. Yeah, it's all that really matters. So yeah, it, those kind of bands go without saying. So who doesn't go without saying, Harry? Who's first on your list? First on my list, and I, I haven't really known what. Like I said, there's no um, order of these. Order. No order. So I'm going for my first pick as is Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Yes. It's a big shout to open up uh, play for today. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about her. I know lots of people will have opinions on her, whether they think she was stupid or they absolutely loved her or whatever. I think she had one of the most stunning voices this generation's ever had. Yeah. Incredible voice, and I think... Um, if anyone, and songwriter. Yeah. And, and anyone who's seen Amy, 
mm. the movie. I think we'll just think just a one of the most sad. difficult watches. Yeah, I I didn't. I thought it was very very good, but I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it in the slightest. It was just a. It, it was just sad to enjoy, is it? No. No, because even the high points weren't really high points. You know, mm. like when she won the Grammy and, you know, having a number one record and stuff, even those didn't feel like high points. It was just just sad and bleak mm. and sad a bit more after that. Yeah, and if you haven't seen that, I, I couldn't recommend it enough, really. It's, if you either love her, hate her, this will ha- it will help you understand her a bit more. Yeah, because I was a, I was a bit more indifferent about her. To be honest, I can completely appreciate her music, um, but it's, she's not an artist that I've ever gone and listened to an album mm. all the way through. It's just not my thing, particularly. So I I was a bit more indifferent and sort of ambivalent towards her until watching that movie, and then you think you start to realise, oh my god, this was a real human and a, just a. She absolutely lived for what she did. Yeah, and she she loved jazz and like, I. I can't remember what it was in, actually. It wasn't in Amy, it was in, I don't know, some kind of other documentary that she was about. And it was she was talking about the first time she, like, snuck into her brother's room to get, like, a record or something. It was an yeah. old, like, Miles Davis or something. It, she was just fully into jazz. She absolutely adored yeah. it. Well, she just wanted to... It was in Amy that she just wanted to do jazz clubs, didn't she? That was kind of yeah. her dream career and all the rest that came with it that she couldn't sadly couldn't handle in the end mm. wasn't really what she wanted anyway no, I think it wasn't. yeah she just wanted to make music and sing she just wanted to sing that was it yeah and I think it's a it's a real shame that I won't be able to my mum and dad saw her really uh, a, a, a long time ago now and uh, they went I think it was the Bright Brighton what's it called Centre Brighton Centre yeah and uh, apparently she didn't turn up after like an hour through, so she she finally turned up and she was really drunk. Right. My mum still said she was phenomenal, mm. even <laughs> pissed off her head. Um, I, well, I, I mean, so are we. Ninety nine percent of the time. White Russians, by the way. White Russian today, for White Jamaican. It's an interesting actually, choice. Sorry. You look like you're in Clockwork Orange, just sipping milk in the corner. <laughs> We're Jamaican, lovely stuff. Um, I think it's a shame that I won't be able to be in the room. It's like when I hear Justin Vernon sing, nothing else is going on in your head. Yep. You you, you just cannot take your eyes and your ears off what is happening. I think if you go and see Amy Winehouse in a little jazz club or something, you would just be completely taken back by what she was producing. Yeah. And sure I think so. it is a real shame for me that I will never get to hear that because I love just hearing pure, the purest sound, and p- pure music. Just yeah. she, she sweat music. She, she sweat music, all right. She's sweaty. <laughs> um, and choosing a song was difficult, but I'm going for body and soul because that's what she was. She was. Her body and her soul was just music. Very nice. I spent my days in a hunger and wondering why it's been a woman. I 
deeply felt it so it's nice that 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 was able to happen yeah Yeah. so after a little weep um, please go on to your pick Tim so my first pick is uh, I think we mentioned in the episode before last Mm. that just as you were sort of playing the Maccabees for the first time Mm. on this podcast despite them being your favourite band ever yeah I mentioned that I hadn't played my favourite band ever. And when this subject came up, I thought, what a perfect opportunity to play the specials. And I know what you're thinking, Harry. You're thinking, Tim, but you have seen the specials. And they still tour now. What are you on about? You've lost the plot. And I think I have too, but for other reasons. Um, But the reason I'm choosing the specials is because, sadly... It looks almost certain that we will never see the original lineup of the specials again. Right. Jerry Dammers, founding member, the man who started Two Tone Records, the man who um, gave, not only wrote a lot of the specials songs, but gave them, or uh, certainly hugely influential in their political message and their, um, you know, what they stood for. Um, and obviously in the rest of his life has gone on to contribute massively to things like the anti-apartheid movement, um, you know, free Nelson Mandela, all that kind of stuff. You know, very, still a very politically active and potent force. But he's not in the specials anymore. And uh, without wanting to get too much into the politics of the band, I think it's very, very unlikely that he will ever play with the specials again. I Would you be able to say a little something of why not? Because I don't know anything. Just big fallings out. Really? Just massive fallings out with a number of people on a number of different issues. Specials are interesting because they're initially a very large band anyway. Yeah. And then have gone through a lot of members. And I think... There's there's a lot of interesting... It started to fall apart with Jerry in particular very early on. Um, Even going into the second album, Ghost Town is seen as like his crowning glory. But the rest of the band really didn't like what he was trying to do. This was this vision he had in his mind of this song. Mm. They thought it was too slow and it was off message and it was um, not really what the specials were about. Because he was into kind of, I think it was called at the time, like Muzak, like um, yeah. ambient music. Mm. Um, and they didn't want that brought in. They were, you know, a ska band. Yeah. Um, but now we look at that track as being absolutely definitive of everything that the specials were. Um, yeah, I love the band not only musically. You know, I, I can listen to the specials records all day, every day, forever, and have gone through long periods where it's literally all I listen to. Um, but like I say, they're a band that have influenced me politically as well, and um, just in a lot of ways had a big impact on who I am as a person. And it's sad that a person who gave them a big part of that will never, I will never get to see him in the specials. So that's my choice. 
And the song I'm going to choose is from the first album. It's written by Jerry. And I think it kind of sums up his uh, personal influence on the band. It's called It Doesn't Make It Alright. And it's the specials. So let's have a little listen. Just because you're nobody It doesn't mean that you're no good Just because there's a reason It doesn't mean it's understood It doesn't Specials. Very nice. The best band ever. A band that I think I need to go in. I've said this last time you've talked about them, but a band that I need to look into more. You do. They're important. It's like a shame. Shameful. Yeah. On my part. Yeah. And I think um, weirdly relevant at the moment as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, sadly, across the world, there's so much kind of racial segregation kind of flaring up again yeah and um, maybe we need a two-tone revival and we need Jerry back in the game I wish I wish I wish I wish Uh, cool so (laughs) cool cool guys so have you got a second choice Uh, yeah probably well actually saying that I disagree with what I was going to say. Some, somebody you haven't not even as, said it yet. I know, crazy times. Somebody not as poignant as the specials. But in what context? Maybe he is. I don't know who you're going to talk about. Okay, my <laughs> next person. You have to say the name first before we know. I thought you, knew, you might know. You know me. Tyler, the creator. I've talked about him before. Some people might be annoyed that I've said his name, but... Not as poignant, I am going to say that. No, he is, though. He's not, though. To a little boy who doesn't know anything about the specials, he's... I don't know. I really don't mean it. But... <laughs> so, I've talked about it before. Yes. He's but a, in England... He's a lover of yours. He is. Yeah. He's been a big part There's of it. There's anyone who wears uh, bright coloured vans that you don't love. I feel like it. you start to swoon the second you see the shoes. I like colour. <laughs> <laughs> I like people with a bit of colour about them. You do. Um, I was going to say you and you're all black, but you've got yellow shoes on. I do. Colour. Colour. So, in England, obviously we won't get too much into this. Well, actually, Brexit was well after, so I don't even have to. But Theresa May, a while ago... Oh, by the way, she's our new Prime Minister. Boo. Boo, indeed. Um, (laughs) She was the Foreign Secretary. And I think... I think last year, around then, uh, Tyler Creator was banned from the UK. Yeah. Because of, I think, some um, lyrics in Goblin. Was it really just Yonkers. lyrical content? Yeah, I think so. Christ. So I can't see exactly um, if there were specific lyrics, but it's down to lyrical content. 
and from 2009, sorry, so a long time ago. Absolutely mental. Yeah. I mean, it's it's stupid. I think... Um, mental that we still let Donald Trump in, but Tyler says a few lines in a song. Yeah, I know. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was lyrics from Bastard uh, and 2011's Goblin. Is it because he's for... Because he said bastard. Yeah, he said bastard, which what, is bad. What a, what a bad bastard. Um, and I wish I could remember some of the lyrics from those, but, you know, they're all... Yeah, I mean, he he can be quite graphic. Uh, it was, in particular... Oh, you found it. Encourages violence and intolerance of homosexuality. I haven't got the lyrics on me, yeah. no. But, um, you know, we will play one of those songs. I do find that difficult to... I don't know. I don't know what the lyrics are, so I don't want to kind of put my foot in it. Well, let's let's have a little listen now yeah. to um, Goblin, and then we'll come back and yeah. see what we think. Tell me what's been going on. I'm not a fucking role model. I'm a 19-year-old fucking emotional coaster with pipe dreams. This guy ain't tweeted telling people he's bumping all of my shit. These motherfuckers think I'm supposed to live up to something shit. I'm still jacking off, proceeding my life careless, but getting more pussy because I tell bitches I'm Wood Harris. Philly to Paris, I'm getting these weird stares at skate parks and airports all in the air. It's weird. Yonkers dropped and left the cranium's mind fucked. Now competition missing like that nigga my mom fucked. He still hasn't called me yet. But that's a whole fucking different argument. Shit, I got over it. And a couple bucks in my pocket, so now I could go buy a couple hot pockets. A grandma can stop cooking them nasty ass collard greens. Pressure's on me like this top hat bastard. Again, the article doesn't say the specific lyrics. And yeah. after listening to that, and I, I know the content that he writes. And, um. Yes. I mean, he is. A great, I don't think in that song, Goblin. That particular a, song for me, what we just listened to, there was nothing in there that makes me. Um, it sounds a little because he's he's basically talking to his own subconscious. Subconscious. Yeah, but that's uh, you know, that's an interesting. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's an artistic impression and expression. Sorry, not impression. And maybe some someone's thought well, this is demonic and this is. I think whatever. my, you know, I don't want to get uh, too much into talking about the lyrics. Purely because, purely because I don't know everything that he said, so there could be things in there which are very, yeah, potentially offensive, and I, you know, I, I'm not gonna condone that. But what I will say very clearly is that I don't believe, really, there's you know, kind of mainstream music. Something you say in a song should really be a reason to not be allowed into the country yeah and like I said you know someone who says that all Muslims are terrorists and we should build walls to block people out and God knows whatever else Donald Trump says he can still come in the country but someone who's making a song and like that you know he's uh, he's someone who is uh, sort of trying to understand himself through his music and it's a is a self-expression and a self-exploration and like he said before, I think he, he, he touches on things and he explores areas that some people are sometimes a little bit too scared to. Yeah. And he does go into rape and he, he talks about some some strange things. But you have to understand why he's talking about it. Is he being ironic? Is he what is the content of what he's actually yeah, saying? What's he trying to the achieve? Context and you know, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of modern art that you know touches on these things there's a lot of literature that touches on these things you know i think the these kind of taboo subjects something in popular culture that touches on it is actually sometimes an important thing to kind of open up the dialogue if we just pretend these things don't happen then it's like that doesn't fix anything because it still sweeps under the rug yeah. all the time. So someone like him is often very important, I think, to popular culture. It's like with when I got so into him, I didn't get hugely into Tyler because I thought, oh, what he says is I can relate to. I could relate to somebody who wanted to express himself, yeah, and found so many ways to do so, yeah, and yeah. push the boundaries on what expressing yourself was yeah that's why i could relate that and banning him from a country and stopping basically stopping people from seeing him doesn't even stop it though does it because no his music's still distributed over here yeah so if what you're worried about is the message well the message is already out Mm. you know it just happens to be that he can't come and say himself and i know there's been a couple of you know whatever is camp flognar whatever they are like those kind of events have gone a bit wild at times. There's been sort of miniature riots and whatnot. You know, I think... Camp Flognor wasn't an event. Or whatever it was. There was like a... He did a thing at South what? by Southwest where he... He, like he basically built a thing for himself, didn't he? And it all got a bit out of control from what I understand. I don't remember that. I could be wrong. But anyway, I could. Do. I understand yeah. that his live shows do get rowdy. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he went to... He was arrested because he tried to get people in. They they had reached capacity. Yeah, that, and that's he, yeah, yeah. That was South by Southwest, yeah. and he was he was on the mic saying, "Just charge through security and stuff like that." And he was inciting riots. Yeah, and that's what he was sent to jail for. Or yeah. not to jail, but. So but, yeah, I mean, I'm sure some people maybe don't understand his message, and it could be potentially. a bad message to send to some individuals but you can't you can't tie everyone with the same brush and just say it and you can't let anyone hear this because some might uh, act on it a bit strangely or whatever yeah it's, yeah I mean it's it's such a nonsense a nonsense argument in my opinion and it's also ir- irritates me in that it's uh, an argument that's levelled at uh, music that comes kind of essentially from working class and uh, sort of racially diverse backgrounds. No one says that about old rock songs that have very questionable messages. You know, Rolling Stones have very, very questionable songs in their back catalogue. Yeah. But because they're white, because they're rock music, which is now kind of um, part of the mainstream, that's acceptable. Hmm. Anyway, without wanting to get too kind of caught up in all that, um, the subject was people that you wish you could see and you probably won't be able to. Yeah, I know so I'll be able to see him. He's probably not going to come here. But we go to America and we'll go and watch the guy. Yeah, fly us over. We'll charge through some barriers and... <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into some rights. Um, so do you want to play another song before we... Yeah, I think we'll, um, we'll give Tyler the last word. So um, just to show people just how tame... Tyler is with his lyrical content and just how he can sometimes preach a wonderful message 
Here is Tamale from Tyler Creator. Yeah, and let's just imagine that the second line after album, that's directed at Theresa May. <laughs> yeah, that's what we really want. They say I calm down since the last album Well lick my dick, how does that sound? Um, smell my gooch, you could kiss my buns And I don't give a shit, bend my rectum Somebody said Benz, make her done She think you're getting cash, no bitch, you're dumb The only thing that you're gonna get is this dick Wait, turn this up, bitch, this my jump Where the drums at? Here, take a goddamn picture And tell Spike Lee he's a goddamn nigger And why you're right past the lotion And fat pit and Xbox lives that fun Before I come, I call your sister And she comes over, I take picture Instantly put it on Instagram And suplex her off a building if I get bun Lovely, lovely, jubbly. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, swaffly, swaffly, swaffle on. I went a bit mad there and changed the letter to. I heard it, <laughs> I liked it, and I appreciated it. Well then, um, swiftly moving on. What is your next pick? My next pick is, you know, I feel like everything we've picked so far has seemed kind of uh, swamped in meaning for whatever reason, a bit of a political message, a bit of a tragedy. I'm just going to calm it down a little bit. And I'm going to say, this is a band that I absolutely loved, never got around to seeing, and now they've broken up, and that sucks. Mm. Um, so the band is Girls Yeah, they are San Francisco band kind of uh, lo-fi surfery garagey rock okay, I mean I get so bored of describing the kind of things I like because it all ends up sounding so similar everyone remember that I really like the specials they're different to everything else yeah. but then all the rest just kind of fits into a little box but Girls I saw like one minute of them once at Reading. I accidentally missed their set. And I... I've got a feeling I thought they they were on later. Mm. And then just sort of missed it. But even as I strolled over, I thought it was just some girls' songs playing on the loudspeaker because there was basically no one there. It was like a really depressingly under-attended show at like nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. God. Um... And this is a band I absolutely adore. So the album in particular, which uh, I've listened to to death thousands of times, is called Album. It came out in 2009. And it's just brilliant. If you like this kind of stuff, if you like kind of Best Coast and you know all that kind of you know West Coast American surfer rock, mm. it's just, they're just great. They're really great. And they've, they went through loads of um, different lineups. Um, you had Chris Owens, who was kind of the one who held it together the whole way through. I think he he was the one who en- ended up packing it in, basically, because he wanted the band to progress sort of together. But he was the only one who had still been there from the beginning. And people just kept leaving after every show and every tour. And it was just like, it was basically his solo project with like a backing band in the end. And he's gone on and done solo stuff, which I also like, but not quite as much as I liked Girls. So, yeah, I wish I'd seen Girls while they were still around. Because, especially a band without, like, a solid lineup. anyway, there's no way they're getting back together. They are gone. Really? They are history. Are they a bit like, you know what, um, a little related, 
but a band I wish I chose, Friends. Really, really loved Friends, and yep. I think they've just disappeared and gone. It happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Lots of little bands like that who kind of, they come and go and um, don't get big success, but sometimes you just kind of latch onto them for whatever reason. Mm. You know, I can't imagine girls ever had particularly big tours in the US or over here. But yeah, never saw How them. How old's the band? The band started in 2007. Okay. Ended in 2012, so it was like a five-year span with two albums and a few EPs in there. Um, but weren't particularly prolific with releases either. Sometimes it just doesn't work out for some people, does it? No, like I say, I think um, I think they started as a two-piece, like the actual core band, and then had other session musicians playing live. Don't hold mm. me to that. That could be completely wrong. Um, but yeah, just one guy was kind of the driving force behind it and other people came and went I can't imagine that's a great way to work as a band you know no. we we talked before about how you like to hear a bit of progression and them kind of learning new things and whatever and I think you kind of have to do that as a team if you're a band rather than just trying to pull people together all the time yeah yeah um, but I love them I still do love them I haven't heard them so I'm interested so I'm going to play my favourite song from the first album which was called Lust for Life, not the Iggy Pop song. Oh, I wish I had a boyfriend. I wish I had a loving man in my life. I wish I had a father. Maybe then I would have turned out right. But now I'm just crazy. I'm totally mad. Yeah, I'm just crazy. I'm fucked in the head. Maybe if I really try with all of my heart Then I could make a friend who start in love with you That was Bells. Yeah. I'd say nothing, nothing crazy, nothing revolutionary, but I think sometimes when you just really love an album and a band, the idea of just seeing it live and with loads of other people who love it, it'd just be great. Certain aspects of that reminded me a bit of Los Campesinos, and I've always yeah. been amazed personally how Los Campesinos have just kept going. Yeah, because I think I listened to one album, I was a huge fan of that album, big fan of the band, and then ever since then, I just dropped them and haven't really gone back. But then I just keep seeing them like headlining festivals and yeah, still going like, strong, doing stuff. And I just think, blimey, you must have so many albums that I haven't yeah. heard. I know, I was talking to a girl on uh, Tinder today. Whose favourite band ever were Los Campesinos? So. Favourite band ever. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. She did caveat it with, I should have grown out of it by now, but I haven't. So. <laughs> one, two, <laughs> one, two, da da da. That's Los Camp, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. I used to get them mixed up with them. They always reminded me of um, Cajun Dance Party, who yeah. I just remembered. The song I just sang there was Amalace by Cajun Dance Party. But, um,. Yeah, I mean, they were a little like that, a little bit kind of um, upbeat. Yeah, there's, I mean, like I say, uh, best I can't believe I've never, like, I've heard that song that you played, um, but that band certainly passed me by. Yeah, because I don't think they were particularly big, but like I said, Best Coast is one of the best uh, kind of uh, correlations, I suppose, Surfer Blood, who we uh, spoke about a while ago, because sadly their guitarist passed away this year. Um, Mm-hmm. But a few bands like that, Woo Life, those kind of things. It, you know, it's that kind of vibe. Mm. But yeah, it's like anything. You listen to it loads of times. You want to listen to it in a crowd. 
So. Totally. So, girls. Totally, man. That's my second choice. Lovely. So. Yes. Your final choice. Have right. we got here already? And like I've said, I didn't uh, number the number them. But to me personally, this is my number one. Personally. Personally, <laughs> this is my number one. No racism intended. None at all. Just an accent. Um, so, I kind of alluded to this last week, a little. Um, Bob Marley and the Wailers. I mean, first album I ever had. Big Bob. Like I said, like I haven't said yet. First time I think I ever fell in love with music. It was Big Bob. It was Big Bob. Really? Um, it was the it was most likely the first time I'd ever listened to an uh, or or music that wasn't just the norm at the time that wasn't yeah. just pop because I was in year year seven no I was in year six so I was listening to what whatever was on yeah. the radio at that point and then I said my mate went to Jamaica and really? yeah um and he came back and he he was talking about Bob Marley all the time because he went to like the house and stuff and I was like oh. I'd like to get the album of this. So I asked mum and dad, can I have the album of Bob Marley? And I don't remember them really loving that I wanted it, but... Little Stuart Little going to buy Bob Marley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mum, can I get some weed? <laughs> <laughs> Mummy, yeah. Scott went to Jamaica. I'm not doing an accent, by the way. Getting uh, a little... I'm, on, like, the, I'm teetering on the edge of doing the accent or not, so I'm like, can I get some weed? Cute little Harry <laughs> in year six turning up in a Rastafarian hat. <laughs> um... So, yeah, I mean, the fact that, I mean, I will never see this man. And I love what his music's done for me. Um, but I will never see this man. And yeah. he's always kind of my go-to choice of somebody who I'd love to see. Yeah. If he was around now, he would still be playing. He would be... Of course. Oh, my God, the amount of people that would be going to... If he, like, headlined Glastonbury, every single person there would drop... Like imagine you were also the headlining yeah, slot on a different stage. You, you would not, not even play. You just wouldn't take the slot. Just no, no. <laughs> not going to go against Bob Marley. <laughs> God's sake. Ridiculous. Um, and like when it comes to picking songs, it's stupidly difficult. Yep. Um, but for me, yeah. I mean, if I could see anybody, Jimi Hendrix was up there. Um, but Bob Marley definitely does it for me. I think he meant so much to so many people. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I was maybe this age at that at that time, I'm not 100% sure if it would have spoken to me the same way it did others, but it obviously did. I, I can't really say the reason why I think he means so much to me. Whether it's just musically, I love it. Whether it's, a message he was sending. I mean, he was all... He was about just... He was He was very political. I mean, he... He was, yeah, but... There's a lot of uh, parallels between the specials stuff that we talked about and Bob Marley, and obviously it's kind mm. of reggae-infused music, the specials as well, but... Um, you know, he he was very political and very important figure. He was, well but... Important musician. If you know me... I do and know people. You. People will know this by I've now. Done twenty-one bloody podcasts. I'm not the most political person. I'm not politically minded necessarily. You've got a good uh, North Korea joke now, though. 
Oh, I've got a in, great North Korea joke. In the bag, so. Oh, I want to say it. <laughs> I can't. There needs to be a context. Um, but I absolutely adore him. I wish I could go into more. But when it comes to Bob Marley, I just want to play it and listen to him. Because nobody can really say anything. You just have to let him talk or let him sing. Yeah. And they can come up with their own thoughts about him. But name me one person that doesn't like Bob Marley, please. Uh, Bob Marley's ex-wife. I don't know. I don't know if she Did he have an ex-wife? She might not like him. <laughs> I, even she would. <laughs> she bloody loves him. I like they always seem to be playing football as well. I always appreciate that about him. There's loads of pictures of him in like old uh, Adidas Copper Monday Owl yeah. boots and like tracksuits. Just he was just having fun all the just time. Just always playing football. So yeah, the late great Bob died 36 as we looked um, of cancer. He didn't believe in using Western remedies. I think he was all about just smoking weed and hoping it kind of helped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't going to help at that stage. But um, I will be waiting in vain to go and see him. Me? Yeah, because I'll He's be in vain waiting. constantly. But, but why are you still waiting? I'm confused. <laughs> I'll be in heaven one day and I'll go oh, to yeah. Glastonbury Heaven. Yeah, I'll be there. He's in the headlines <laughs> every be, year. Can you imagine that? Glastonbury Heaven. Ooh, the gigs you would see. Yeah. It'd be good. It would be Woodstock, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. Did you play Woodstock? Great question. Wish I knew. I feel like he didn't. Probably not. But, waiting in vain. Ever do reggae quite like him? No, but it does make just just because you don't uh, sort of talk about reggae a huge amount and or necessarily seem like a big reggae fan, but you're such a big Bob Marley fan. It does make me think even more. You need to go and listen to the specials, and you need to go and yeah. listen to a load of two tone because you'd love it. Well, I, I know that I love a lot, of, a lot of stuff I've heard. I would be mad for it, mate. Uh, but I do think that I haven't got anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Bob Marley is my last choice. Lovely last choice. Thank you. You got a lot to live up to. Not that this is a challenge. We're not versus this week. Can't get but past that the competition, mate. can you? It's ridiculous. So my last choice is the greatest supergroup that ever existed. Mm. Let me just run you through the lineup. I don't think people are ready for it. I don't think you're, I don't think they're ready for it. I was going to say I don't think you're not, which means you are. Um, right, straight up, top number one, my favourite Beatle, 
Who's your favourite Beatle, actually? Let me just ask you that. Oh, well, it's... George Harrison. George. Everyone, gorgeous George. It can't not be. <laughs> I love George. So it's George straight up. Then we're in with a bit of Bob Dylan. Come off it. And then... Christ. Jeff Lynn of ELO. And then Roy Orbison. And then Tom Petty. It's frankly the most ridiculous lineup for a band there's ever been. How can that have even existed? It's the Travelling Wilburys. And uh, they're a band I learnt about from watching uh, the George Harrison documentary, mm. Living in a Material World, which, if you haven't seen it, is one of the best things I've ever seen. It's, like, it's in two parts because it's so long because he did such a frankly ridiculous amount of great things in his life. And he was just like the coolest person there has ever been. Just George is just the guy. Like, <laughs> he leaves the other Beatles in his wake. But in his kind of later years, this is what's so funny about it in the film. Like he's um, he had such an exciting lifestyle, so he thinks I'm gonna take up a couple of hobbies. One, he gets like quite into movies. And did you know that he funded the life of Brian? Funded the life of Brian. Yeah. I didn't. So he got in with Monty Python and funded the life of Brian. And also, around the same time, just started hanging out with his mates, like, just in someone's garage. Just Bob Dylan, and, like, Jeff Lynne and Roy Orbison. Just like... Checking John Cleese tried to get in there at some point. He was just, like, doing a silly walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah just amazing and they were just messing around <laughs> they were just like having a laugh just making some songs these guys it's so hard to believe and um but sadly they never played live um George Harrison in 1991 went on a tour of Japan and said afterwards of a travelling Wilburys tour that would be something I'd like to experience I've always played around in my own mind what a Wilburys tour could be would each person do a solo set and then do Wilburys at the end, or would we all go right on from the beginning to end and make everything Wilburys? It's an intriguing thought. We could have a great band up there, and the four of us could play acoustic if we wanted to. We could all sing Blowing in the Wind, and Bob could sing something. Or we could just do our individual songs and make them Wilburys tunes, as if we recorded them that way. Whatever it was, we could do it. How good would that show oh, have been? God. Every time he comes up with something else, they could do yeah, it. Like, I want that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. actually, I want that. Oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah. Frankly, ridiculous what that could have been. I um, think I would go for them being their own band. But <laughs> I've changed my mind again. <laughs> I would like the, I like the idea of them all being the support act to them. Yeah. Just like playing a bit of their stuff. And then someone else comes and plays a bit of their stuff. Oh, I mean, they're a festival of themselves. Yeah. It's ridiculous, and it's such a sad loss. Obviously, uh, Roy Orbison was the first to pass in yeah. the band, uh, so it never it never happened. But you just know that those things that we, as kind of the, a younger generation of music fans, we hear about these kind of iconic moments in the history of music, or like you know gigs where it's like you had to be there, or festivals, or whatever it is, had those icons done a tour together. It would be one of them. Just for what that spectacle would have been, I couldn't not choose the Travelling Wilburys. So yeah, thank you for listening. They say your 20s are the best years of your life. And I think these next 
bunch of podcasts might be the best podcasts of our life. So trying just, to work out how many weeks it might be. A few more weeks, eight or so more weeks. Yeah. Two more months and then we'll be downhill. Slowly declining into inevitable death. Thirties. Yeah. But anyway, let's enjoy the R twenties while they're here. Yeah. Um thank you for listening. As always. You're the best. Better than the best. We love you. We do love you. Let's let the travelling Wilburys. I've just done a salute. I know you can't <laughs> see that, but I have saluted you all. Uh, let's let the travelling Wilburys play us out with Edward. Well, it's all right. Someone to tell you everything Sit around and wonder what tomorrow will bring Maybe a diamond ring Well, it's all right Even if they say you're wrong Well, it's all right Sometimes you gotta be strong Well, it's all right As long as you got so much to lay Somewhere